Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for September 25th, 2023. I am teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. And so we went through, it took us weeks to go through the parable of the sower. I call that the mother of all parables. Then it took us weeks to go through the parable of the talents. And I hope that you enjoyed that. I actually closed that out on Friday. I have more to say about the parable of the talents. I prayed over the weekend. I was like, Lord, do you want me to keep going? Or, you know, and the Lord gave me the green light, I can move on. So today we're looking at the parable of the barren fig tree. This is an introduction. This is Pearls from the Parables, part 64. And so today's message, I'm just going to introduce to you the parable of the barren fig tree. And then over the next few days, we'll break it down. I don't know if this is one that will be on for weeks or not, but I'll just do whatever God wants me to do. One of the things that God has called me to do is to inspire, but also to educate. And so as I'm teaching you these parables, I just want you to be well-rounded so that you can understand the word of God. And that as we glean these nuggets and we're applying them, we are we are being discipled. This is all part of discipleship, right? So we're going to learn about God, about Jesus, God the Father, about Jesus, about his intercession for us, about our requirement, all of this stuff we're going to learn from the parable of the barren fig tree. Open up your heart now and get ready to receive. All right, so let's get into it. The parable of the barren fig tree. Now, before I get into this parable, there's a scripture that we've been looking at all year. And of course, I'm going to go right back to it. And this is something I want to get through your ear gates again. We believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. And so for it to be that, we need to be cognizant of it. We want to be refreshed daily. We want to be restored, revived daily. We want a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. Say amen to that. The Bible says in Psalms 126 and verse 4, this is a scripture we've been meditating on at our church. Now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. This is a season where if there's any area of your life that did dry up, put in the chat, no dry areas for me. If there's an area of your life that did dry up, this is a season for the Lord to drench you again. I want to be drenched in the Holy Ghost. Say amen to that. All right. Luke chapter 13, verses six through nine. I love this parable, by the way. I teach um, in the spring of every year, I teach homiletics one and two at uh, Bible college. So I teach people how to develop sermons, the sermon preparation, and then how to preach. Actually, Deanna Nix is on here uh, and Brandy. Uh, Deanna and Brandy, uh, well, I believe so. But I know Deanna was, uh, was in my uh, minister's training class, I don't know, like 20 something years ago. And uh, so I've been teaching this a long time, but in Bible college, I, I go through the whole thing with sermon preparation. And one of the things I like to do with this particular passage, Luke chapter 13, verses six through nine, is I assign it to my students and then I see what they come up with from this passage, because it's so interesting. So we're going to be studying this passage for the next few days, maybe weeks. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But let me, let me read it to you, and I'm going to give you the introduction today. Luke chapter 13, verses 6 through 9, Jesus is speaking. Jesus said, a certain man had a fig tree 
planted in his vineyard and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, hey, look, I've been coming for three years seeking fruit from this tree and I have found none. Cut it down. It's using up the ground. But the dresser said, hold on, sir. Leave it alone for another year. Let me dig around it. Let me fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, then fine. But if not, then after that, you can cut it down. So I'm going to just introduce you to this parable today. And there's a lot in here. And so what does this mean for you today? I'm actually going to do something I don't normally do. Um, I used to, when I started preaching, I've been preaching 28 years. So when I, maybe like the first 10 years of my, uh, you know, ministry, I would look at, whenever I looked at a passage, I would read all the commentaries uh, to see what the scholars had to say about these passages. Uh, there came a point, maybe it was 10 years, maybe 15, I don't know. There came a point where I pretty much have read, like, you know, obviously I've read the Bible more than once and, and, and I've read a lot of what these commentaries had to say. It got, I got to a point where I don't read commentaries anymore. I just like, I read it and then whatever the Holy Spirit gives me, like I have enough in there that the Holy Spirit can work with me with what I already have in my heart. A lot of it came from commentaries. A lot of it did not, but you know, that kind of thing. But this morning, as I was looking at this passage, I was led to just share with you some of like highlights of some of what the commentary said. These are what scholars have documented in their comment. Obviously, I give you commentary from scripture every day. But this is what other people say, scholars have said about this particular passage. So I'm going to share with you a little bit of what the, the commentaries say, and then I'll give you some of my thoughts. And then tomorrow, you know, we're going to start to break this thing down. So the Ellicott's uh, commentary for English readers said that this about this particular passage. The vineyard is symbolic uh, of Israel, and the owner of the vineyard represents God. The fig tree represents individual souls. And there's a place of divine order. The three years represent the full opportunities given to individuals, symbolizing calls to repentance and conversion in life at different stages. The dresser of the vineyard is interpreted as the Lord Jesus himself, who is interceding for us. The McLaren uh, expository um, commentary says, the parable is seen uh, as representing Israel and its fruitlessness and the consequences of barrenness over time. The parable underscores the idea that God's patience has limits and there will be consequences for unfruitfulness. So that's something that we're definitely gonna deal with. Put that in the chat, God's patience has limits and put in the chat, there are consequences for not bearing fruit, right? The Ellicott's Bible commentary says, this parable is closely connected to the previous teaching. So in the previous teaching, leading up to Luke chapter 13, verses six through nine. So in Luke chapter 13, the first few verses of Luke 13, Jesus is calling people to repent. So he's saying that connected to the previous teaching that there's a danger of perishing if you don't repent. So this is about repentance. And that's a word that a lot, a lot of people don't use today, but it's a Bible word. It's a good word, repentance. And so the three years symbolizes the full opportunities giving to people to repent. And it also... Uh, symbolizes different stages in life. And the dresser of the vineyard is Jesus. 
and he is interceding for us. The Benson commentary says the parable is meant to awaken people to serious repentance. The fig tree in the vineyard represents the Jewish church, but it can also represent the visible church today. The three years might not be three years, but just symbolic of God's patience. And this warns people that God's patience has an end. And at the end, those who are unfruitful will face judgment. Matthew Henry's concise commentary says this, the parable refers primarily to the Jewish nation, but it can also apply to us today. And God expects fruitfulness and those who don't bear fruit are going to face consequences. And the parable emphasizes the importance of repentance and the danger of God's judgment. I have two more. Uh, the Barnes note says the fig tree represents Israel. The vineyard is a place that God has chosen for fertility. The parable teaches us that God's uh, patience has an end and he does expect us to be fruitful. The Jameson Fawcett Brown commentary, which I like, said the fig tree represents Israel. The vineyard symbolizes the fertile spot that God has chosen for fruit bearing. And the parable emphasizes the expectation of fruitfulness and the danger of being unfruitful. And so for those of you that got my notes, there's a lot of commentary in there. You get to read what the, what the scholars have said. And then of course, you're going to get what I say on a daily basis. All right. Number two, I'm only giving you two things today. Uh, what the parable of the fig tree means to us today as an introduction. So let me just give you a little bit. Obviously, I'm going to take my time and break this thing down, but I'm going to give you a little bit of what this means for you today, especially on this Monday morning. So parables are natural stories with supernatural meanings. That's what a parable is. It's a natural story with a supernatural meaning. So there's an illustration that we can relate to because it's not like we can understand God. So it's like, okay, well, God is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like that, right? So, so you can understand like this natural story of a fig tree being planted in a vineyard and then the owner of the tree wanting to see fruit and then doesn't see any. He says, cut it down. Then somebody else says, no, hold on. Let me intercede. Let me work with it. Let me dig around it. Let me fertilize it. Hold on. After that, if it still doesn't produce, then cut it down. But let me work on it first. Thank God for the intercessor. Put in the, put in the chat, thank God for Jesus. So, this parable is set within a vineyard. Um, I'm definitely going to break this thing down. It, it, obviously, we do see that the parable is symbolic or representative of Israel and Israel at the time being unfruitful. Uh, but it does have parallels for us today. Now, one of the things that you, you'll hear me teach on in this parable is that what grows in um, vineyards? Grapes. Grapes, put in the chat, grapes grow in vineyards. Where do fig trees grow? Orchards. Put in the chat, fig trees grow in orchards. So I'm going to break this thing down for you. I mean, it's very interesting to me. I don't know about you, but I love reading scripture and these things just jump out to me. But the Bible says that a certain man had a fig tree, not a fig seed, a fig tree. And so the connotation to me is that he moved the tree and put a, a fig tree from an orchard. He took it out of the orchard and put it in a vineyard. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. So the, the, the tree belongs to him. The vineyard belongs to him. Boom, he put it in the vineyard and he came looking for fruit and he expected that thing. It was producing in the orchard. He expected it to produce in the vineyard and it was not producing in the vineyard. And since it was not producing in the vineyard, after there came a time where his patience ran out, he said, cut it down. And then there was somebody saying, hold on, let me intercede. Let, let, get, let, give, me, give me a chance. 
Give me, come on, thank God. Come on, Jesus. Give me a chance to work with him. And then after that, then, then you can cut it down. And so, so we see a lot here. We see about patience. We see about God's grace. We see about God's mercy. We see about Jesus. We see about the intercessor. We see about the expectation, all of this stuff. So what? let me give you a few key takeaways for this morning as I'm just introducing the parable to you. Number one, for the, the takeaways for the introduction, put this in the chat. God has an expectation. I want you to know that God has an expectation of us. God, when he comes to you, God is coming looking for fruit. God, 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 what God does through the Holy Spirit and through his word, he produces change in you. Come on, you remember the parable of the sower? Change in you and fruit from you. Change in you and fruit from you. And fruit is for other people. Fruit is not for the tree. Fruit is for the reproduction. Fruit is for other. So, so watch this. There's supposed to be some change in you and your life should be emanating, should be creating fruit that is changing your environment, being a blessing to the people around you. And your God, when he comes to you, he's looking for fruit. God has an expectation of me and God has an expectation of you. Say God has an expectation. So just like the owner of the vineyard expected the tree to produce fruit, God is expecting us to produce fruit. And if we're not, we you need to think about that this morning. We just spent weeks studying the parable of the talents. And so what we saw there was that God expects us to make the most of what he has given us. God expects you to make the most of what he's given you. God expects your life to produce fruit. In John 15, he says, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, then watch this. Not only are you going to produce fruit, but your fruit shall remain. Your life should be producing fruit. Your life should be should be leaving a, a mark in this world that will not easily be erased. If your life is not your life is not producing fruit, then you need to check your heart this morning. Why? Because judgment day is coming. Remember the parable of the talents? One day, after a long time, the master was gone for a long time, but after a long time, he came back and he came back to settle accounts. One day, you and I are going to stand before God and he's going to want to know, what did you do with the life that I gave you? Like the stewards in the parable of the talents, the owner is coming back and he's going to want to settle accounts. God has an expectation. Number two, this teaches us about God's patience. Say God's patience. Put that in the chat. God is patient with me. So I thank God for his patience. He's patient with me. But watch this. Patience runs out at some point, right? And so the duration of the tree uh, uh, of the owner and the, the patience is a, is a reminder for us that if we don't repent, there will come a day. If we don't repent, there will come a day where we stand before God and it's like, uh-oh, time ran out. Like, you know, the, the owner is looking for, for fruit from the tree. He came the first year, dun, 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 didn't find anything. This is why I'm saying, I believe that he planted a tree in a vineyard, not a, not a, a seed. Because if he had planted a seed, then obviously the seed has to grow and then they'll go into a sapling and all of that. And then uh, when did he come looking for fruit? You know, I, 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 how do you know? It doesn't say that, that it grew to the point where it was ready for fruit bearing stage. And when it was at fruit bearing stage, then he was like, okay, now let me check to see if you have fruit. No, no, no. Uh, the Bible says that a certain man had a fig tree planted in a vineyard. And he came looking for fruit. He, uh, to me, the connotation is you was a, a grown tree. Take it out of this orchard. I'm going to put you over here. And one of these kids don't look like the other. One of these kids is doing his own thing. God wants to know, can I put you somewhere where you, you don't look like everybody else? 
and I still expect you to produce. Come on, man. I still expect you to produce fruit. He put him there and he came looking and he found none. Then he came back the second year and he found none. And he came back the third year and he found none. He said, forget it. Patience has a limit. Cut it down. And thank God for Jesus, the intercessor. Hold on. Hold on, Father. Let me, hold on. Hold on. Let, give me, let, 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 me, let me work with him. Let me work with him a little bit longer. Let me work with her a little, a little bit longer. Come on. I'm going to dig it. I'm going to fertilize it. I'm going to work. I'm going to break some things. Oh, come on now. Let me work with her. Let me work with him. And, and thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the intercessor. But I'm also telling you that there will come a day where we're going to have to settle accounts. And so you need to be urgent about this thing. Uh, uh, number three, the urgency of the response. When I was dealing with the parable of the talents, I called it the urgency of the now. Put in the chat, the urgency of the now. Listen, you got to be urgent about this thing. You can't be lollygagging when it comes to the things of God. You only have one life. And God is looking for you to make the most of what God has given you. In the last parable, I dealt with the urgency of the now, and there's a, a level of urgency here, there. Why? Because there's a threat of the tree being cut down. There are consequences to being unfaithful. Put in the chat, there are consequences to being unfaithful. There are consequences to you not heeding the call. Some people say, oh, oh, Rick, I know. Look, hey, Rick, can I tell you something? What's up? Listen, man. I was raised in church. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. Hey, listen, man. I know about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Listen, I'm too young. You know, right now, I'm just trying to like sow my wild oats like my auntie said. You know, I just want to go out here and have fun. When I'm done having fun, I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Here's the problem with that. You don't know. Nobody knows how many, how many, uh, how many days, how many breaths you have left. Nobody knows. You could be here today and gone today. And so you don't know. There's an urgency of the now. You, you can't put off Jesus because you don't know whether or not to, tomorrow is not promised to anyone. And so if you could be here today and gone today, there's an urgency about this thing. If you're going to walk with Jesus, you need to start walking with him now. There's a call to repentance. There's, there's not this, oh, oh, I could do it late, later. How do you know you could do it later? How do you know you're going to have time? And you are wasting the grace right now. The reason why he said cut it down is using up the ground. He said he, he is, is taking in stuff and not producing anything. Oh my God, I'm going to deal with this thing. I'm going to break it down. He's saying it's, it's using up my grace and not producing anything. Cut it down. Listen, there are some people out here that are using up the grace of God, that, that are relying on God's grace and mercy on a daily basis, and they're living dangerously because they don't know when the clock is going to run out. They don't know when, Jesus, when, when the owner is going to say, cut it down. Like, listen, that you need to have an urgency with this thing. You got to live with for God, with God, in God, and do it now. Say amen to that. Uh, number four, hope and redemption. Thank God for Jesus. The vine dresser said, hold on. Let me work on them. Hold on. I know, I know, Father, you want to cut it down. I know, I know, but 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 I, I believe that I, 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 I give me a chance. Oh, thank God for Jesus saying he's interceding for us. I thank God for God's grace. I thank God for his mercy. I appreciate Jesus being an intercessor for us. The Bible says that, watch this, while the devil is the accuser of the brethren, the, the devil is up there accusing us, Jesus is interceding. He is forever interceding on our behalf. And so he's like, hold on, hold on. He's standing in the gap for me. He's standing in the gap for you. And so thank God for Jesus's grace. Thank God for his mercy and thank God for his persistence. He is standing in the gap for us. Say amen to that. And number five, the last thing I'll share with you on today is you got to check your heart. Say, I got to check my heart. Listen, the primary context of this parable is about Israel, the Jewish nation. I got it. But I, 
I'm talking about us, right? It can apply to us today. Listen, you only get one life. God plants you wherever he wants to plant you, and, and he expects you to bloom where you've been planted. Put it in the chat. I will bloom any, wherever God plants me. Wherever God plants me, that's where I'm going to bloom. I'm not going to allow the conditions. I'm not going to allow the environment to cause me to say, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I used to, but I'm not doing it now. Why? Because I don't like where I'm at. Because one of these things is not like the other. Brother Pena, can you pray for me? Okay, sure. What's going on? I really, I need you to pray for me. Why is that? I need a new job. Oh, you need a new job? Why you need a new job? Uh, well, I'm the only Christian at my job. I'm the only Chris. I'm the only one that names the name of Jesus. I need to get out of there. And I, uh, for you, for real, are you really the only Christian there? Yes. Why would, why would God take you out? Well, you know, I'm the only Christian. I need to get out of there. Well, if you're the only Christian, why would God take you out of there? If you're the only Christian, then didn't he plant you there for a reason? Oh, yeah, but I don't like it because what they talk about, you know, what they, listen, we in the world, y'all. I mean, what are you talking about? What they talk about. Listen, let me just share this with you. This is not part of my notes, but I need to wrap this thing up. My son was in children's church yesterday. I go pick up my son from children's church and one of the children's church workers says, oh, can I talk to you for a minute? Sure. Okay. There was an incident. I was like, okay, here we go. What did Ethan do? Uh, No, your son didn't do anything wrong. But uh, your son was asked to do a skit with another child. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. Then the other child, uh, when your son was like all into it, he was ready. And then he was like, hey, you know, let's do this skit. And the other child said, hell no. And was like, whoa, we don't talk like that here. So then went through the whole thing. I'm so sorry that Ethan had to hear that. I'm so sorry that this happened, you know, at church, we talked to the other parent. I'm so, I was like, listen, what are you talking about? I mean, I, I'm not saying that we should talk like that, but my son is not oblivious to the world. I mean, Ethan's fine. We got in the car. I was like, Ethan, you okay? Well, what happened today? He was like, yeah, that has nothing to do with me. I mean, like, come on now. Like, you don't have to, like, you, you don't have to create an environment where everything is Jesus all day, all capital letter, letters for you to thrive. If you need that environment, then you're a baby Christian. God should be able to trust you to put you wherever. Like, I mean, like God wants to plant you in places that don't look like you so you could change that environment. I'm about to teach this thing later. Man, God put a doggone fig tree in a vineyard so he could, could convert the vineyard into an orchard. Listen, God will plant you somewhere and God expects you to bloom where you've been planted. If you fail to produce fruit, then you, watch this. If you fail to produce fruit, there's a God who's coming back. And there's a God who's expecting fruit. And if you fail to produce fruit, you may cut your, your years and your days on, on this earth short. Why? Because you are wasting the grace. You are sucking up stuff and you're not producing anything. So take a few minutes to ponder this. Two things. Number one, thank God for his grace and mercy. But number two, you got you to gotta check your heart. Make sure it may be time for you to make some changes. Now, I know that people today barely talk about repentance. I know that people today in 2023 barely talk about hell. Like, you know, like, like hell is not real. Listen, it's time for us to repent. Like it, it's time for us to tell God loves everyone everywhere, but there are people whom God loves. There are countless people whom God loves that are going to hell. Why? Because they fail to repent. They fail to accept Jesus as Lord. 
Now I'm going to preach the God. I'm going to preach the gospel and I'm going to preach the Bible and I'm not going to shy away from anything. I'm not going to tell you stuff just so, you know, so you could be happy and let me just build you up and, and say, you know, rah, rah, rah. Listen, I'm going to preach the Bible. I'm going to go through all of these, these, uh, parables and we're going to teach whatever's there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shy around from anything. This is what this, this parable is teaching. There will come a day where if you're the tree and you're not bearing fruit, you're going to get cut down. Why? Because God is expecting you to produce fruit. So say this, I will produce fruit and my fruit will remain. Say amen to that. This was just the introduction, y'all. We're going to walk through this thing. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to, to speak this over your life and speak it by faith. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. You have given me ample opportunities to bear fruit. I'm grateful for Jesus. He is interceding on my behalf. Thank you, Father, for grace and mercy. But I also understand the urgency of repentance and the consequences of remaining unfruitful. So I repent for the time that I've wasted. I repent for the grace that I wasted. And I declare that those days are over. I am determined to bloom where you have planted me. I reject complacency. I embrace the grace to produce fruit. I will not take your grace for granted. So I'm committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus with the lost so that they can bear fruit too. And I'm determined to living a life that is pleasing in your sight, Father, growing in grace, in the knowledge of you, and producing fruit on a daily basis. Living with this mindset, I know <laughs> greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. Why would you not get my notes? You get my notes for free. So go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. If you're watching on YouTube right now and you're not subscribed to the channel, hit like and subscribe. Do it right now. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Do me a favor. Two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Greater is coming for you because you're determined. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.